Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. <laughs> the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by the King's Men and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with Who Knows? your kitchen a while ago, did you happen to notice your linoleum floor covering? Have you taken as good care of it as you should? It should be regularly protected with a coat of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. The no-rubbing floor polish that not only saves the linoleum, but also saves you hours and hours of work. The next time you use glow coat, I want you to notice several things carefully. First, how easy it is to apply. You simply spread it around and let it dry, that's all. Second, notice how little it takes to do your floor. Yes, glow coat is economical because a little goes a long way. Third, notice how even and smooth the glow coat finish is. No streaks or tiny bumps. And no chipping because glow coat film is a flexible, not a brittle film. And fourth, notice how long the glow coat luster lasts. If you watch for these points carefully, you'll realize there's only one Johnson's glow coat and that it always pays to insist on this finest no-rubbing polish in the familiar red and yellow package. as the peacock said, we have quite a tale to unfold, so we won't waste any time. It's 79 Wistful Vista, and here at breakfast we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Pour me another cup of java, will you, Molly? Thanks. Say, I never saw you drink so much coffee. And don't use so much sugar. You're overweight as it is, you know. Yeah, I found that out yesterday. How? Well, a cop took a look at my tummy and followed me all over town. Thought I was bootlegging tires. I was so... McGee, watch what you're doing. What you mean? What am I doing? Why, you put a slice of toast in your pocket and you're buttering the back of your hand. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm kind of nervous this morning, Molly. I'm upset. Well, I've noticed that. Mm. You're as wiggly as an octopus in the washing machine. <laughs> What's the matter with you, dearie? I had a terrible nightmare. Anyway, I hope it was a nightmare. You hope? Yeah. Oh, it was awful. You see... Oh, gee, I, I hate to tell you about oh, this, Oh, come on. Come on and stop that worrying. <laughs> Heavenly days, you're getting circles under your circles. <laughs> well, I dreamt that last night I got up and dressed, walked over to Mrs. Uppington's house, and heaved a big rock through the big front window. Oh. Mm, never had a more realistic dream in my life. Oh, well, nevertheless, it must have been a dream. Mm. Why, you wouldn't do a thing like that. No? Well, then how come my shoes were all wet this morning? 
Well, they're still damp from when you shoveled the snow off the porch last night. Oh, maybe. I wonder. Sure. Ah, oh, that must be sure. it. Sure. <laughs> oh, boy, that nightmare was really a Lulu. <laughs> Hand me the paper, will you, Molly? Thanks. Say, uh, McGee, whose picture is that on the back page? Looks familiar from here. Where? Oh, hey, it's Mrs. Uppington. Oh, let's see. Look, she's... Oh, my gosh, Molly. Look. Get a load of that headline. Well, stop shaking. Hold oh. still. How can I read it? It says, Midnight Hoodlum Smashed Window at Uppington Mansion. Oh. Police Throwing Out Dragnet. Oh. I knew it. I knew that couldn't have been just a dream. Now, 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 take it easy, dearie. It could still be just a coincidence. Yeah, but... Why, you're not the type of man to prowl around in the middle of the night and heave rocks through people's windows like a common criminal, and I hope nobody saw you do it. <laughs> you won't tell anybody, will you? How can I? I'm your wife. Huh? And a wife can't testify against her husband. She, she, she can't? No. That's the law. Mm. Who's at the door? That's the law, too. <laughs> Take me a cake with a hacksaw in it, Molly. <laughs> Come and see me on Visitor's Day. Oh, now stop worrying. When you get out, they always give you $10 and a new suit. <laughs> and you need a new suit. <laughs> okay, let him in, Molly. I'll go quietly. Come in. Kids, am I interrupting your breakfast? Oh, good morning, Mr. Oldtimer. You don't know how glad we are to see you. Yeah. Sit down and have a cup of coffee, Oldtimer. <laughs> Get out the good china and the real linen napkins, Molly. All right. Oh, no, thanks, kids. Sure appreciate the warm welcome, but I just stopped by to see if these gloves belong to Johnny. Got his initials on them. Why, yes, those are his, Mr. Oldtimer, aren't they, McGee? Yeah, they're mine, all right. I knew them on account of the third finger on the left one is gone. <laughs> I tore it off trying to get a nickel back out of a pay telephone. <laughs> Almost lost my finger, too. Well, thanks very much, old-timer. Forget it, Johnny. Uh, no reward offered for him, I suppose. <laughs> reward for a pair of $1.98 gloves that wouldn't bring a dirty look at a rummage sale? <laughs> anyway, that ain't the right attitude, old-timer. You mustn't do things just for the sake of a reward. You've got to do things because it's the decent thing to do. Weren't you ever a Boy Scout? Nope. They wouldn't take me, Johnny. Oh. Why not? Well, for I lived as a kid, daughter. They only had the Eagle Troop, and I didn't have the beak for it. Well, thanks for returning the gloves, old timer. Yes, indeed. Incidentally, where did you find them? Hey, Oh, found them in a snowdrift in front of that Uppington girl's house, daughter. I was, uh... Uh, smatter, kids. Say, McGee, uh, hadn't you better reconsider that reward business? Mm -hmm. After all, you'd really hate to lose them where they were lost, wouldn't you? Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. It's, it's worth a lot to me to get those gloves back, old-timer. I really love those kids. <laughs> Here's five bucks for your trouble. Much obliged, kids. Uh, much obliged to you. Oh, and look, I'd... I'd appreciate it if you didn't say anything about this to anybody. I, I, well, uh, I'd hate to have people think I was so careless as to leave my gloves all over town. <laughs> you know how it is. Sure, sure. Yes, McGee has very sensitive hands, and when his hands get cold, they get red, and <laughs> he hates to get caught red-handed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, come on, Johnny, and don't worry about a thing. <laughs> I ain't seen the morning paper. <laughs> 
Doc McGee. He knows. Yeah. But you paid him to keep quiet. Yeah, but that's just it. One crime leads to another. Now I got bribery on my list. Who knows where this will wind up? I might go from window smashing and bribery to blackmail and robbery. Maybe forgery. I'm getting desperate. Hand me that knife. Why, what are you going to do? I'm going to spread me another slice of toast and think this over. Oh, now, McGee, stop brooding. Maybe you broke Mrs. Uppington's window last night, and maybe you didn't. Yeah, maybe I heard the window break while half asleep and just dreamed the rest of it. Sure. Her house isn't far from here, you know. Only a stone's throw, in fact. No, no. no. (laughs) I didn't mean that, dearie. I just meant that... Now, McGee, you must get overturning pale every time the doorbell rings. Yeah, you're right, Molly. The worst that could happen is a cop coming for me. And who's afraid of a cop? That's the way to talk. Come in. Good morning, madam. I'm Officer Frink of the burglary squad. Well, uh, how do you do, I'm sure. And this is my husband, too. Well, he was here a moment ago. McGee? Well, never mind, madam. I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Why, certainly, officer. Uh, Were you at home last night? Yes, we were. And I can prove it because we were listening to the radio. Well, how would that prove it? Well, because since my husband fixed the radio, nobody knows how to work it but us. So if somebody was listening to our radio, who else could it be? It's very logical. Uh, did you hear any disturbance last night? No, why? Well, I'm investigating a window-smashing job in the neighborhood, and we traced some footprints from that house right over there to your front steps. Oh. <laughs> Animal or human? It was a man. I thought he might have broken one of your windows, too. Well, he better not let me catch him at it or I... No, no, officer. No, no. He didn't break any of our windows here. Well, okay. I'm sorry to have disturbed you. He must have come over here and then got frightened. Oh, I'm sure he is. Or was. <laughs> but 
Now, if I hear of it... Wait a minute. Who's that under the Davenport? (laughs) That must be my husband. (laughs) I'd know those feet under any Davenport, or under any circumstance. (laughs) McGee, come out, dearie. There's a man here to see you. Oh. Hi, bud. What what can I do for you? What were you doing under the Davenport? Huh? Oh, uh, doctor's orders, bud. (laughs) Your doctor told you to crawl under the Davenport? Why, of course he did. Tell him what the doctor said, McGee, if you can remember. Wow. Sure I remember. I remember it just like it was yesterday. (laughs) It was yesterday. (laughs) That's why I remember it. (laughs) You see, bud, the doc told me that I was getting a little heavy, and I says, Am I, doc? I says, Is it dangerous? Well, he says, no, as long as you can crawl under the Davenport, you'll be all right. (laughs) So every day about this time, just to check up, I crawl under the Davenport. (laughs) Okay, okay, but you'd better lock your doors at night. There seems to be prowlers in the neighborhood. Thanks for the warning, bud. That's all right. That was a close one, Molly. Oh, dear. Oh, you know, it, it kind of haunts me, the idea that I might have walked in my sleep and slung a doornick at Uppy's big bay window. Don't be silly. <laughs> Listen, I'm convinced you were dreaming the whole thing, McGee. Yeah, but why should I dream about breaking windows? I never dream stuff like that. I always dream I'm running down the railroad track without any clothes on. <laughs> McGee, come away from that Davenport. You think the hall closet will be better? You stay right here. Come in. Oh, good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. Did you hear about Mrs. Uppington's window being broken last night? Yes, we read about it in the paper, Mr. Mayor. And a funny thing about that, McGee threw... I did not. Quiet, dearie. I was going to say that McGee, through the whole morning, has been puzzled by the affair. Hey, you used to be a lawyer before you were mayor, didn't you, Latrivia? Oh, yes, 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 indeed. I was a junior partner in Abernathy, Cronkite, Massey, Witherspoon, Witherspoon, Smythe, Witherspoon, and Latrivia. <laughs> your clients must have had to kneel down to read your name on the door. Say, that partner of yours, Mr. Massey, was pretty famous, wasn't he? Oh, not very, I'm afraid. Why, of course he was. Everybody's heard of the laws of Massey. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but why did you ask, McGee? Well, I wondered if you'd give me a little legal advice. Oh, why, certainly, McGee, certainly. Having trouble with the finance company again? No. <laughs> yes, but look. About this window smashing thing. What if the guy that did it was walking in his sleep at the time? Could he be held responsible? <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about that? I was just thinking what a rosy time you'd have convincing a judge that you were asleep. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I've got to meet the DA over at Mrs. Uppington's. Good day. Walking in your sleep indeed. (laughs) What do you mean, convincing a judge that I was asleep? You think he knows it was me? How could he know when you don't even know? Yeah. Say, listen, where's uh, that dream book we used to have? I don't know. We could look up breaking windows and see what it signifies. I don't know where it is, and all I remember is that dreaming about cut glass means you'll be admired for your brilliance. Well, that doesn't fit this case. No. <laughs> 
But see now, uh, maybe a broken window could be considered cut glass if it was hit with a real sharp stone. Uh, was it a sharp one you used? Oh, no. It was just as smooth and round. I never know such a thing. <laughs> You're just trying to trap me into saying that... Hello, folks. Say, did you hear what happened over at Uppington? Yes, we did, Mr. Wilcox. Can you imagine anybody sneaking up in the dead of night and breaking her windows? Yeah. Who'd ever dream of such a thing? <laughs> I didn't say anything. Did you hear about it, Mr. Wilcox? I was just over there taking pictures. Taking pictures? For the police, you no, mean? No, 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 no. For advertising. Oh. Why advertise a broken window? Is there much demand for that sort of thing, Mr. Wilcox? <laughs> no, look, I was taking pictures of her front hall. After that big rock came through the window, the wind and snow started blowing all over the floor. Yes, but why did you... But have... the floor was inlaid linoleum and protected with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, and the snow didn't do a bit of harm. <laughs> so I took some pictures to send to the home office. <laughs> Oh, maybe this one does creak a little, folks, but you got no idea what a trick it is to work these things in every week. <laughs> yes, Mr. Wilcox? Well, that's all, but that hallway of Mrs. Uppington's is really beautiful with that handsome, gleaming linoleum on the floor. And she says it's really amazing this winter weather how footprints wipe right up and how easy it is to keep it protected with glow coat. Yes, but with a house full of help. Oh, she does it all herself. She says glow coat is so little work and so much fun to use, she won't let anybody else do it. You know, no rubbing, no buffing, and it only takes about 20 minutes. And then when this hoodlum heaved a rock through the window... Who's a hoodlum? Anybody who would throw rocks at Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Uh, I'll say they are. Ought to be hung. They ought to be... Have they got any suspicions? Who done it? Yes, they have. Oh. All the evidence points definitely to a chauffeur Mrs. Uppington discharged last month. Oh, what's the clue to him? Well, when she let him go, he got sore and said he'd come back and break every window in the house. <laughs> he did, eh? <laughs> well, I guess that lets me... Er, I guess... <laughs> I guess that lets me think he's the guy, all right. <laughs> yeah, the only trouble is they looked for this chap and found out that he'd been in San Francisco for three weeks and couldn't have done it. Well, I'll see you later. Yeah. I think I'm out of it, I get deeper. Molly, tell me frankly, do you think I did it? Do you? Yes. So do I. <laughs> well, that isn't being very loyal to your husband, suspecting him of doing stuff like that there. But you think so yourself. Oh, sure, but you know me. Always wrong. <laughs> My suspicions don't count because of... Oh, dear. Shall I let them in, McGee? Yeah, go ahead. I don't hear any bloodhounds. Come in. Mrs. Uppington. Oh. How do you do, my dear? And Miss McGee. <laughs> Hi, Uppy. Uh, won't you come in and break a window? Or uh, have a chair? No, thank you. I suppose you heard about the ghastly incident of last night? Yes, we did, Abigail, and I'm so sorry it happened. Thank you. I should like to speak to you about it, Mr. McGee. You can't prove it. I should say not. What if his shoes were wet? What if his gloves were oh, found? Please, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I wish to engage Mr. McGee's services to track down the culprit. Who, me? Yes. Yes, I've heard some amazing stories of your cleverness as a detective and of your courage and tenacity. Where did you ever hear any stories like that, Abigail? From Mr. McGee. <laughs> well, will you take the case? Happy, I'm the very man you're looking for. He certainly is. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I shall be expecting now, you. Oh, just a minute there, Abigail. Could this rock have been thrown by the wheel of some passing automobile? I hardly think so. Also, come, why not? <laughs> because, Mr. McGee, an automobile wheel would hardly have attached a note to the rock reading, This for you, up here. Oh, come right over, won't you? 
men singing the old man of the mountain. High in the mountains where the lightning flashes. High in the mountains where the thunder crashes. There's a character old and gray. He must be 90 if he's a day. Every year he comes out to see what the world's about. With his long white beard and a crooked staff, he tramps along while the people laugh. With a twinkle in his eye, he passes them by. The old man of the mountain. He wears long hair and his feet are bare. They say he's mad as an old March hare, but his troubles are none. He owes no one. The old man of the mountain. He talks with the birds when he's lonely. He sleeps with the stars for a tent. The bees spread a feast when he's hungry. And he never has to pay any rent. Not a cent. He'll live as long as the old oak tree. To laugh at folks like you and me. Oh, I often sigh and wish that I were the old man of the mountain. Oh, the rain may fall and the wind may blow. He laughs at the wind and the ice and the snow. With a twinkle in his eye and with his shirt tail flying. He's the old man of the mountain. Old man of the mountain. The mountain. Everybody thought he was balmy. When he stole a cannon from the army. Everybody thought he was frail. Till he dragged the cannon up the trail. Now on a clear day you can see him there. A sitting on the mountain with his long white hair. Oh, the Japs won't linger if they ever lay a finger on the old man of the This is the window that the rock was thrown through. Hey, Mrs. Uppington? Uh, yes, Mr. McGee? That was a shrewd deduction, McGee. Betcha. Seeing that it's the only broken window in the house. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, Uppy, I want you to answer this question honestly. Now, this is important. You, you found a clue, Miss McGee? I think so. Uh. Mrs. Uppington, did anybody ever want to poison you? <sighs> what a horrible thought. I certainly hope not. Why, McGee? Look through this magnifying glass at the windowsill. You see that? Ground glass. <laughs> well, of course it's ground glass The window was broken Oh, yeah, that's right I, I thought I had something there for a minute Now, let me see What would Basil Rathbone do if he had a case like this? He'd be too smart to have a case like this Good heavens, what's that? It was a kind of a thumping noise No Yes, it was in detective work, you got to learn to distinguish between thumping, lapping, pounding, and thumping. Mr. McGee, that sound is right in this room. Why don't you do something? I am doing something. Can't you see I got my hands over my ears? <laughs> now, let's see. If that rock was thrown through the window in this direction... McGee! It gone... huh? There's somebody inside that window seat. Listen. Oh, 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 there is a bat. It may be the criminal we're looking for. <laughs> Pretend you have a gun, Miss McGee. Tell him to come out or you'll shoot. Uh, I got a better idea. I'll tell him to stay in there or I'll shoot. <laughs> then I'll run out and get a cop while you girls sit on the seat and oh, hold him. Oh, this me. is... <laughs> I'm going to see who's in there. Come on, Abigail. Come on, McGee. Uh, you go ahead. I'll stand over here by the door, ready to leap in and tear him apart if he starts anything. Very well. Unfasten the catch on the window seat, Miss McGee. That's it. 
All right. Come out of there, whoever you are. Oh, hello, folks. Mr. Wimple. <laughs> My goodness, I'm glad you let me out of there. Did you ever spend two hours with your face inside an old overshoe with an umbrella up your trouser leg? Why, please, Mr. Wimple. Aha. So it was you, Wimple. Just as I suspected when I heard your voice. Well, Philo Vance is back on the job. <laughs> Would it be rude of me, Mr. Wimple, to ask what you were doing in that window seat? Yes, explain yourself, Wimple. I'm in charge of this case. Oh, it's really very simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was walking past here this morning when I saw all the police in here, and I walked in, too, to see what was going on, and I sat down on the edge of the window seat, and a big, fat policeman bumped into me, and I fell in, and the cover fell down, and there I was with my ears full of mothballs, trying to pick the lock with a banana I had in my pocket. A likely story, Wimple. I don't know. It sounds reasonable enough to me, McGee. Oh, yes, the poor man. After this, I should leave a few sandwiches in that window seat in case it ever happens again. <laughs> well, he don't get out of this daddy seat. Wimple, where were you between the hours of last night? <laughs> Sweetie Face would just kill me if I told you that, Mr. McGee. Well, what's your wife got to do with it, Mr. Wimple? I was out with her until 4 o'clock this morning. Aha, uh-huh. now we're getting someplace. Okay, Wimple, take your choice. Tell us or tell the police. What were you doing? Well, <laughs> you know how it is. Trying to buy certain household goods these days, and while we knew it was a little illegal... Never mind the excuses. What were you doing? Well, if you must know, Nosy... Sweetie Face had to see a smuggler about a new hot water bottle. <laughs> and, uh, and you don't know, you don't know who is responsible for my broken window then, Mr. Wimple. Oh, no, Mrs. Uppington, I, I really don't. Well, I do. Oh, you do, McGee? I finally got it figured out. And believe me, it's going to surprise you. Oh, please, Mr. McGee, I can't stand the suspense. Who did it? Are you sure you want to tell, McGee? Yes, I do. This thing has gone far enough. I can't stand it any longer myself. Happy? Yes? The person who busted your window is... <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes tonight's episode of the strange and baffling case of the pulverized pain. Who was it that screamed? Who fired those shots? Who is guilty? Turn, tune in again next week at this same time for the final installment of this thrilling epic of crime and high adventure. ahead when all of us will be called upon to put put forth an extra effort, we certainly don't want to add unnecessary work in the home, and yet it's imperative to take extra good care of the things we have. I'm glad it's part of my job to tell you about the many uses for Johnson's Wax. For instance, just try wax polishing your tabletops, windowsills, Venetian blinds, and leather goods with Johnson's Wax, the same wax you use on your floors. Notice first how beautiful these waxed surfaces are. In the weeks to come, notice how much easier your daily cleaning has become. The coat of wax acts as a shield against dust, dirt, and wear. Fingerprints and smudges are quickly wiped away. Home economics authorities call the regular use of Johnson's Wax protective housekeeping. It will pay you to adopt it in your home. Ask for the original, genuine Johnson's Wax, available in paste, liquid, or cream wax form. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a land where a gag is something to laugh at. But we're now being threatened by international gangsters to whom the word gag means just one thing, the throttling of free speech. And we've got to fight them with everything we have, with our time, work, and money. So we ask you again, for the land's sake, buy defense bonds. Yes, and for mercy's sake, support the Red Cross. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. We're all talking about taking better care of our automobiles to make them last. But what are you doing about it? Have you cleaned and polished your car lately? No? Well, then try this. Give your car a simple treatment with Carnew, the sensational auto polish that both cleans and polishes in one application. Two jobs at once in quick time. Carnew is inexpensive, easy to use. Ask your regular Johnson's Wax dealer, auto supply store, or service station for Johnson's Carnew, spelled C-A-R-N-U. This is the National Broadcasting Company.